Hello, my friends. We will get back to our beginning workout series with the final part four in next week's podcast. But with only one day left in the year 2015, and knowing that many of you out there will be making the famous New Year's resolutions, I wanted to take the opportunity in this podcast to talk a little bit about those resolutions. New Year's resolutions have always been a thorn in my side. I've seen so many people set themselves up for failure by taking on insurmountable lifestyle changes. And yet, in this year of 2015, I utilized the concept of the New Year's resolution for myself in leaving alcohol for an entire year. If you follow the podcasts, you will know that during the year of 2015, there was only one instance where I had alcohol. I had two glasses of champagne and one shot of vodka at my own wedding in October. And that was a decision that I did not take lightly. I'm glad for the choice that I made because it was, after all, one of the biggest days of my life. But it still does irk me to no end that when I talk about the year without alcohol, I always have to say, except I hate having to say the phrase that starts with except, except for two glasses of champagne and one shot of vodka. I wish I could simply say 2015 had no alcohol at all, but I can't. So with the inevitable looming before us, millions of people will be making New Year's resolutions, and I can't choose to bury my head in the sand and ignore that it's going to happen. My purpose in doing these podcasts is to try to help anyone from around the world deal with issues of health and aging, and this concept of the resolution is at the very least an issue that comes up once per year, perhaps even more often than that if you look at birthdays. So, let's spend a few minutes talking about the infamous New Year's resolutions. My name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Resolutions, the 87th episode of the Life After 30 podcast. Resolutions can be traced all the way back to the days of the Roman Empire. Modern New Year's resolutions seem to have started around the year 1740 as part of the Methodist religion and were known as Covenant Renewal Services. Still to this day, these Covenant Renewal Services are done each New Year's Eve. The custom widened and became less tied to religion, but retained the moralistic approach to bettering one's life. Many of the things that people will try to change in their resolutions are about living a less hedonistic life, striving instead to work towards being a better human being. These will include giving up many of the indulgences of excess, their vices. People want to lose weight cutting back on their overconsumption of food and calories. People want to stop smoking and drinking, aiming to improve one's health. People want to reorganize and improve their family, work, and overall personal lives. Now, don't get me wrong. Pursuing this kind of self-improvement is something that I firmly believe in, 
and has become a greater aspect of my own life as I've aged. And well, let's say, hopefully matured, hopefully matured. My problem or problems have always concerned those people that have the very, very best of intentions, the willingness to change, the enthusiasm to dive into it, but unfortunately, often, they just take on too much in their pursuit to improve their lives. True, long-term lifestyle change takes time and patience. It's unrealistic to expect that if you've been a smoker of two packs of cigarettes per day for the last 20 years, that at 12 midnight on New Year's Eve, you're going to put down your cigarettes once and for all and forever. There are, of course, a few unique individuals that possess the self-discipline to be able to make that drastic change, but those results are not typical. If you're a heavy drinker of alcohol or an emotional eater that consumes large amounts of calories during certain troubled times, it becomes unrealistic to think that that kind of change can happen overnight. But for the majority of us, and myself most definitely included, permanent change is best approached in a slow and continuous manner. I've always told my clients that the changes that they're looking for in their lives, and that usually is to lose weight by changing their eating habits and increasing their exercise by doing it more often, that it is so difficult to make a 180-degree turn in your life. I ask them to look at small, incremental changes that can be worked into their lifestyle so that it becomes easier to implement in a long-term manner. If change is accomplished through a slow and deliberate plan of action so that it does not disrupt your life but fits nice and snugly like a piece to a jigsaw puzzle, well then you have a much better chance that you'll continue with that lifestyle because it doesn't affect the overall enjoyment of the quality of life that you appreciate. So what does this mean in an applicable way? My first suggestion is always to select just one single thing that you wish to change. Be as specific as possible. Don't just say, I want to exercise more, but make it a detailed plan. As in, I want to get to the gym twice per week consistently and do some cardiovascular work and light resistance training. In this case, making your resolutions that you will get to the gym twice per week no matter what. That gives you seven days of which two of them you will need to find the time to go to the gym. There is flexibility in the days. It might be two different days during the midweek. It might be one day during the week and a Saturday. Or it might be Saturday and Sunday together. Keep yourself as flexible as possible. It is unrealistic to say that on Monday and Wednesday I'm going to go to the gym no matter what because life has a way of throwing us some surprises that no matter how carefully we plan things out can disrupt everything. Work commitments, family emergencies, illness, all that can interfere with the kind of planning for specific days. But saying two days per week gives you the flexibility over which days you're going to go. Probably, maybe, possibly, down the road, once you know how going to the gym fits into your life, 
then maybe you'll be able to zero in a little bit more on which specific days you would want to go. But I would always, always suggest that you allow for unplanned circumstances. Therefore, you have to retain a certain amount of flexibility, but that does translate also into you needing to push yourself if you're not able to do it early in the week, then self-discipline enters the picture. I find an interesting way to look at things is working upon the old saying, everything in moderation. Of course, if you're trying to improve yourself, well, then you really have to reduce moderation down to, well, less than moderate. Adjustments need to be made to come to a new understanding of the meaning of the word moderation. At the outset, my moderation may not be your moderation, and there are some truly dedicated individuals who moderation, well, we'd both deem to be pretty angelic in their infrequent appearances. Approximately 50% of the population every single year makes resolutions according to findings published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology. Among the top resolutions are weight loss, exercise, stopping smoking, better money management, and debt reduction. Timothy Feichel, and my apologies if I mess your name up, sir, a professor of psychology at Carleton University in Canada, believes the resolutions are actually a form of cultural procrastination. That is an effort to reinvent oneself. He goes on to say that people aren't ready to change their habits, particularly bad habits. That accounts for the high failure rate. In an article published in Psychology Today, psychology professor Peter Herman and his colleagues have identified what they call false hope syndrome. They believe that when people set their resolutions, that they're choosing some that are significantly unrealistic and out of alignment with their internal view of themselves. You may think that if you lose weight or reduce your debts or exercise more, your entire life will change. And when it doesn't, you may get discouraged. And then, that's when it happens, you revert back to old behaviors. I don't think that any of that is news to us. We know by our own examples that New Year's resolutions can be daunting, certainly unrealistic, and try as we might, we may keep them together for a few weeks, maybe sometimes even few months, but then slowly revert back to our old ways and find us back at the same starting point by the end of the year, just in time to make our new New Year's resolutions. <laughs> but... Do they always have to end in failure? I think not. I think by being a bit more careful in our selection of our resolution and a bit more realistic in our expectations of what life would be if we're successful at that resolution, then a better foundation will be built as we venture forth into our self-improvement. A list of tips mentioned in the article in Psychology Today actually mentions several of the very same points that I've mentioned in previous podcasts. First, focus on one resolution. People often take on too many changes and become so overwhelmed that they give up on everything. So choose one specific one that's important enough to you that you will pursue it with 
100% focus. A second, set realistic and very specific goals. I mentioned a few podcasts ago that losing weight isn't a specific enough goal. Mention how many pounds and in what time frame you're looking for, as in losing 10 pounds in 90 days. A third, I always encourage you not to wait until New Year's Eve to make your resolutions, but rather make it a year-long process. There's a lot of pressures that come along with New Year's resolutions. So many people make them at the same time that they're often discussed at work and in other situations where people compare their successes. And to be honest with you, they often stretch the truth a bit, just enough to make you feel that you're not being as successful. By choosing to make a habit change at some other point in the year, it does reduce that peer pressure. However, we're one day away from 2016, so it's a bit late to put it somewhere else in the year. So let's tackle it as a New Year's resolution. Another, celebrate your successes. Don't wait for the goal to be finally completed to celebrate your accomplishments. Celebrate your success between your milestones. This is such an important topic that I did an entire podcast about it. Episode number 64 is titled, Celebrate Your Successes. If you listen back to that episode, you're once again going to be listening to one of the old Human Construction Site podcasts, so don't be thrown off by the difference in intro and format. The information within the podcast is what's important. Stepping outside of these points that I had previously made, the article in Psychology Today lists a new topic that I think we need to think about. They state, Focus your thinking on new behaviors and thought patterns. You have to create new pathways in your brain to change habits. Now, this harkens back to the age-old subject of positive thinking. I had addressed this issue along with some other practical ways to change your way of thinking by using what is called the Law of Attraction. I had outlined it in detail in a previous podcast, and that is one that I do have a plan in the near future to repackage as a new episode, and I'm planning on having that available in January. But for now, and for the purpose of this discussion, let's just realize that a thought is the first step in creating change. You've heard the saying, you are what you eat. Well, perhaps more specifically, you are what you think. Try to live your life and think the thoughts as if you've already reached your goal. This is using a term that's often called living as if. Instead of dreaming the way that your life would be once you lose 50 pounds, try to focus your mind on exactly how you will feel when that's accomplished, and then begin to act accordingly. It's a way of doing a bit of acting by using the tools that actors and actresses use. By living your life as if your goal has already been accomplished, you begin to strengthen those new neural pathways because you start living your life and thinking the thoughts that you would once that goal has been reached. Why wait to start living life until you've reached an imaginary milestone? Live your life right from this moment forward as if you're already there. 
And before you know it, you just might be there in reality. Now, I'm not going to be the Scrooge of New Year's resolutions this year like I always am. I'm really not going to. Perhaps it's my success at leaving alcohol behind for this year that's giving me this new approach. I'm not really sure that's it because I've been successful at this several times before. Twice leaving it for a year and once leaving it for two years completely, very successfully. Perhaps it's the process of aging that is just setting my mind in a way where renewal of oneself is just so exciting that I'm willing to dive in headfirst to this time of year along with the other millions of people everywhere around the globe. As we move forward into 2016, we're going to talk in more depth about many of the things that are chosen as the New Year's resolutions. We'll continue to work on weight loss, improve nutrition, exercise, and also a host of other topics of interest to those of us who have moved beyond the age of 30. I hope, I hope, really, really, really hope, you'll subscribe to the podcast and take this journey with me. Because whatever your age, whatever decade of your life you're in, there's always room to open our minds, open our hearts, and strive to be more physically and emotionally healthy and vibrant as we move through our years. You can reach me with comments at lifeafter30podcast at gmail.com and I love to receive messages and I love, love, love to hear about your lives. Next week will be the final part in our beginning workout series where we're going to talk about modifications in exercise for beginners who are over the age of 40. Meanwhile, enjoy the final day of this year of 2015. Celebrate your renewal And we'll speak again right after the first of 2016. My name is Joey Hernandez, and you've been listening to the Life After 30 podcast. I look forward to speaking with you next week. And hey, Happy New Year. Hey folks, Joey Hernandez, and this is a pre-recorded disclaimer that I'm going to insert into each episode of the podcast. So please give me just a moment of your listening time and listen to this disclaimer. I hope that the information that you receive from the podcast is unique and useful to you in your quest to live a healthier and more vibrant life. I have been a personal trainer for over 30 years. This podcast and the Human Construction Site blog that it is tied to are based on my opinions and my experience working with clients all these years. I am not, 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 not a doctor. I ask that any and all information that you receive from me, as well as anywhere else on the internet or on TV or on websites, books, wherever the source, that you discuss that and review it with your personal physician before implementing any kind of lifestyle changes. Your doctor knows you best. He or she knows your personal medical history, knows your medications, your family's history, and together 
you with your physician should have a dialogue to ensure that any changes are right for you. So please, 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 please consult your doctor. Thank you. Mm -hmm.